Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm stand-up comedian James Mullinger and the co-founder of Edit Magazine. This is Mullinger Meets Canadians, the podcast where we meet Canadians who are making waves on the world stage. In this very special episode, I'm speaking with one of my all-time heroes, director and Troma Movie Studio founder, Lloyd Kaufman. Now, as any movie fan will know, Lloyd Kaufman is the director of the Toxic Avenger films and is famously a proud New Yorker. So why is he on Mullinger Meets Canadians, you ask? Simple, because without Lloyd Kaufman, this podcast and indeed my magazine business and my comedy career would not exist. Let me explain. When I was a shy, insecure, depressed, bullied little boy growing up in a small town in England, my passion and my escapism were trauma movies. I was obsessed with the films Lloyd made at Troma, B-movies with titles like Nymphoid Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell and Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town and, and my favourite, Class of Newcomb High. I was a quiet kid, alone in my bedroom, aspiring to become a writer. So age 12... I started my own fanzine devoted to trauma movies. I typed out the film reviews on an old typewriter and I cut out photos and I stuck them in and I walked to my local library in Maidenhead and photocopied the pages in black and white and stapled the pages together and then advertised my fanzine, Wild Wild World of Trauma Incorporated, in horror magazines like The Dark Side. And I sold probably ooh, dozens of copies via mail order for £1.75 each. At that point, I knew I'd found my calling in life. It was my first foray into magazine making. And then a wonderful teacher at my school saw the fanzine and suggested that if I love Lloyd so much, why not write to him and ask him for an interview for the fanzine? So I wrote Lloyd a letter and mailed it to the Troma address in Hell's Kitchen and never expected to hear back. But Lloyd replied and said, rather than do it over the phone, why don't we do it in person at the London premiere of Tromeo and Juliet, their new movie, which was famously co-written by James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad fame. Actually, in the first Guardians film, Lloyd makes a cameo. But I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that my hero, the king of all B-movies, had time for me and was inviting me to interview him in person. So my dad took me on the train to London's West End and we filmed the interview in the lobby of the Prince Charles Cinema. I was spectacularly nervous interviewing my hero, but Lloyd was so kind and so lovely and so warm to me that I knew that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Interview people I love and admire and write about them. The dream. And I can honestly say if Lloyd had not been so gracious and found the time for this kid with no hope, I would not be doing any of what I'm doing now. That video that my dad filmed is actually on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. If you'd like to watch it, just type in James Mullinger Lloyd Kaufman. And, and now, age 43, I'm still obsessed with Lloyd Kaufman. 
I still spend all my spare time watching trauma movies and collecting posters and stells. So 25 years after that first interview, I'm interviewing him again from his home in New York. Lloyd is still making movies now, most recently Return to Newcomb High Volume 2 and Shakespeare's Shitstorm. Born in New York in 1945, Lloyd has lived an incredible life. He graduated from Yale University with the class of 1968, where he majored in Chinese studies. His fellow Yale classmates included Oliver Stone and George W. Bush. In 1974, Lloyd and business partner Michael Hertz founded Troma Entertainment and began producing and distributing independent action and comedy films. In order to pay the bills, Lloyd took on some side work, working on major Hollywood productions like Saturday Night Fever and Rocky, which was actually edited on Troma's flatbed machines. Kevin Costner's first films were Troma movies. James Gunn began his career with Troma. Trey Parker and Matt Stone made Cannibal the Musical for Troma before they created South Park. Many of today's major stars, directors and writers began their careers at Troma. Uh, Eli Roth, Oliver Stone, uh, the first efforts of Dustin Hoffman, Samuel L. Jackson and Robert De Niro can be found in Troma's library. Troma continues to be a haven for independent directors and young talent during an era of corporate takeovers. There is no one quite like Lloyd Kaufman. So without further ado, my dear listeners, please let me introduce you to my all-time hero, Lloyd Kaufman, the first and only non-Canadian to ever appear on Mullinger Meets Canadians. Lloyd Kaufman, my friend, how are you? That's terrific. I have one regret that the great James Mullinger was not in my latest film, Hashtag Shakespeare's Shitstorm, because his uh, personality sums up everything the bard wanted. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, needless to say, I too am heartbroken about that. Um, yeah, damn what, it. Where, what, what was I thinking? I should have contacted. Well, why didn't you contact me? God damn it. I, too old to remember who you are. I know. Well, t- tell me about it. This is this is life, and, and the world has gone mad, obviously, since Shakespeare's Shitstorm was filmed. Yes. Um, but what can you tell me about the making of the film, and also how the distribution has changed in the last year? Well, um, this is my fiftieth year of making uh, movies. Uh, Troma's forty seventh year, and hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm. Could very well be my last movie. It's based on The uh, Tempest by uh, one William Shakespeare, who, for those of you who don't know that, he wrote the amazing bestseller uh, 101 Money-Making Screenplay Ideas, otherwise known as Hamlet. And uh, The Tempest was always (laughs) my favorite play. When James Gunn and I were uh, working on uh, Tromeo and Juliet, I had wanted to do The Tempest, uh, but uh, I was not old enough. And now that I'm of Prospero's age, and I can really feel the themes of The Tempest. I played the part of Prospero, uh, encouraged, oddly enough, by Oscar-winning actor. Amazing. Which which one? Uh, John Voight. I offered the part of Prospero to John Voight, who's an admirer of Troma, hmm. uh, and uh, he told me I better play the part. He said I should play the part. That's amazing. Why not? I feel Prospero, right? No, it, I'm old. I'm losing power. I took a lot of the, the Tempest is the druggiest of uh, Shakespeare. I certainly qualify in the drug department. Uh, and magic. He's all about magic, which uh, in a way I do with all the movies I've made. I think that the Tempest was the perfect uh, possible swan song uh, for uh, the 
career of Uncle Lloydy. Well, I hope it isn't a swung song. I hope there's, I hope there's many, many more films. Well, I hope so too, but I don't have a... Uh, I'm kind of looking around for a script. If you or anybody has a one-of-a-kind script that uh, might make the world a better place, it can be any genre, James. Uh, I'll even I'll do you know rom-com, uh, children's film, anything that's one of a kind and might uh, get people thinking just a little bit. Like Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead, it touched all the the points that a fast food nation touched, but it was aimed at people who maybe might actually be influenced. The fast food nation was all aimed at the people already convinced, whereas Poultry Guys was aimed at a lot of dumb, stupid North American. Uh, people uh, who were unaware of the uh, genocide of the uh, Indians. You call them... Uh, First Nations, yeah. First Nations, I'm sorry. And, of course, the savagery uh, mm-hmm. savagery of, uh, of factory farming and the awful uh, influence that fast food has had on the United States of America. We have 40% obesity. <laughs> and uh, I haven't heard Mr. Biden saying one word about it because he doesn't want to lose the fat vote. It's all such full of bullshit. Although I have to say, <laughs> Biden is doing a, a, a infinitely better job than I imagined. I, I, I had uh, created a hashtag called uh, hashtag settle for Biden, but I'm putting that away because he is doing some great things. He may end up like one of the great uh, presidents. Who knows? That's amazing to hear because it's quite a wonderful thing to hear someone when it comes to politics admitting that someone has impressed them. Because generally the problem in politics and in life is that people will never admit when they've been wrong about something. And yet if you think a politician is going to be bad, but they do a good job, that should be recognized. I agree. And uh, I I put it up on my social, uh, my Twitter and uh, and my Instagram and uh, a huge response. People seem to be happy with that. Uh, I think we have a big problem in our country in that there is the loss of nuance. Even at Yale University, my uh, alma mater, uh, there are situations uh, which inspired me really to keep going with hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm because one of the themes of hashtag Shakespeare shitstorms is the uh, awful uh, Twitter hate where you have these third-rate bloggers uh, making their bones on tearing down other people, and they have absolutely no talent. They have no writing ability. They have nothing. And uh, it happened to James Gunn. It happened to I've been canceled. So again, I only have a small following, so it doesn't matter. Canceling me actually helps me probably. <laughs> it gives me more publicity. <laughs> but the point, uh, you YouTube, YouTube even canceled our, our channel until the fans erupted, and then YouTube, right. in typical hypocritical fashion, restored the channel. <laughs> Ridiculous. It's a horrible world. We, we lack nuance. Yeah. Did you learn about, did, when you went to school, James, you were very young. Did you have, of course, you're in a country that gives you uh, national health care. Did you uh, have debating class at school when you were in high school? Yeah. I mean, we, we had that at school. And as you say, I mean, there was definitely nuance. And I mean, I obviously grew up in an era of Monty Python when I was very young. And then when I was 10, I discovered trauma. And so, I mean, for me, nuance was 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 everything. But, yeah. uh, but you must have seen in five decades, I mean, you've seen it all in film. And you've been told 30 years ago that your films were inappropriate. You're still doing controversial things. I mean, does controversy uh, what does it actually mean to you, really? Well, uh, the people who actually take the trouble to look at our movies, uh, they never go away disappointed. Right. You know, they may say they had to turn away for, because there were scenes that were too graphic 
or maybe they don't like lesbians, or maybe uh, head squashing, which is basically cartoon, a Daffy Duck scene. They don't like that. But uh, mm-hmm. nobody who has worked for us, worked on our films, or even watched one of the movies that are in-house productions has ever uh, complained. Mm-hmm. It's the people who haven't seen our movies. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who complain. And the stupid mm-hmm. critics, they don't pay attention to us because they've all been fired. There are no newspapers left. There's the New York Times, which has basically <laughs> eliminated all the real film critics. They got one or two who write the film reviews. And then the others are all uh, uh, independent contractors, like YouTube drivers. They don't get health care. Yeah. They don't... And uh, we only, yeah. and, uh, you know, so, uh, and then everybody else is on the, uh, you know, the mainstream media, unfortunately, is either owned by uh, telephone companies like AT&T or um, in, in your country, your government has too much control. But in the United States, it's all about yeah. a cartel, a media cartel of uh, five or six telephone companies. And uh, unless you're willing to go out to Los Angeles and uh, uh, suck uh, dick, uh, you, you can't succeed. It's almost it's, uh, impossible. And, uh, and you also need some talent. But it's and, true. Uh, but- <laughs> I'm not quite sure in that department if I qualify. <laughs> well, as your number one fan, you definitely do. And I mean, what I find fascinating is that, the, is that in the five decades you've spent you know, doing what you do, I mean, there has been lots of critical acclaim. I mean, I, I have in my collection lots of uh, glowing wow. reviews for German movies Whoa. over the years. Uh, okay. All of these glowing reviews. Thank you. Glowing Whoa, reviews. James, my no, God. Oh, Thank it, you. It keeps Thank coming. Thank you very um, much. All of these, all of these amazing uh, reviews for film and films, but you've you've seen it all, you've experienced it all. Um, you were the first to be doing what you do, but over the years there has been recognition. There's been you know American Film Institute and and other museums and so forth recognizing Troma. That is I mean, true. How do you feel now? Do you feel like Troma has got the recognition it deserves from fans and people? And and if not, do you think that will come? Well, the only reason that we are here after 50 years or 47 for Troma is uh, you, James, the fans. (laughs) Uh, Fans, uh, we are... Troma Entertainment Incorporated is fan-fueled. They uh, Fans book our theaters, which you did, and many yeah. of you do that. They act and mm-hmm. shoot our films. They help. Uh, we got uh, about 10% of the hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm budget from a fan uh, without any, just as wow. patrons of the art. The Cinémathèque Francais has done three Lloyd Kaufman seasons the Russian Film Institute, uh, I mean, Japanese, uh, K.O. University, Yale University. Uh, we've had recognition everywhere except uh, in my own uh, city and uh, country, really. Uh, I mean, certain archival and certain right. uh, places that nobody really goes to, like the Museum of Modern Art, they recognize me. But, uh, you know, who knows about that? You know, <laughs> everybody, right? Zilla yeah. versus Kong is much more important. <laughs> And it was great. It was great. I have to say it was a wonderful, wonderful movie. But, uh, you know, mainstream, a big difference. There is. And you're right. It was a fun movie. I took my seven-year-old and my 10-year-old. They both enjoyed it. But ultimately, it's a trauma movie. It's a trauma movie just done without as much heart and passion 
as a trauma movie. And this is what I, yeah. I, I find uh, so fascinating when I see the world we're in now and the amount of money that gets blown on a movie like that. Because I get far more pleasure out of Nymphoid Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell. Than <laughs> I, and I loved Godzilla vs. Kong, but I would much too, rather... Yeah. Um, be watching one of your movies, and as would my children. I, this is something that I hope continues throughout uh, the Mullinger legacy, is, is the, uh, well, the good, children good. always. Well, thank you. And uh, you're correct. Uh, unfortunately, at least in my country, the educational system has been totally uh, eviscerated, mm. and uh, children are exposed to drug commercials every 10 minutes yeah. on the morning the, those stupid chat shows. <laughs> so, you know, three generations of American children have been conditioned to taking pills. So now last year we had 80,000 opioid deaths in this mm. country and probably half a million addictions, uh, which mm. is uh, uh, kind of a mini uh, pandemic, except we have it every year and, and mm. uh, nobody cares. It's every, you know, they, they'll take me off YouTube but uh, they won't take uh, the advertising for whoever makes the opioids. Well, the op- now they got the op- opioids. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of other bad stuff that nobody, you know, it's double standard. That's the problem. There's no real rules. The algorithms that the big boys put out, they want to cut you out. Uh, they're perfectly willing mm. to let uh, Shaw Communications or CNN show uh, people cutting other people's heads off in Syria but they're not going to allow uh, James mm. Mullinger to say fuck, <laughs> right? Well, if you guys or so your fans could find a, a really interesting script, I can spend up to uh, half a million U.S. dollars, and I'm sure we could probably get uh, other contributions a little bit. So you figure wow. half a million bucks, I could definitely come up with it if the script was up to the level of hashtag Shakespeare shit story. And um, by the amazing. way, the guy who wrote it, other than Shakespeare and uh, and Gabe Friedman and I, Brandon Bassam, he's the next James Gunn mm. uh, or James Mullinger uh, yeah. uh, or Eli Roth to come <laughs> out of the descend from the loins of trauma. Uh, he's really talented, and I just financed his new movie called Slashening: The Final Beginning, and uh, it's going to have its first nice. theater uh, in uh, Los Angeles, Lemley Cinemas, starting uh, uh, April twenty ninth. There's going to be a big uh, opening, and then uh, I won't be there because I'm uh, ill. But uh, they uh, they have they got a big party. The director Brandon Bassam and the stars will be there. So uh, Troma continues to find really Amazing. really talented people. So uh, maybe there's another James Gunn yeah. or, or uh, Brandon. Well, we, we will get we will get the word out. I mean, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Troma is getting the recognition by various factions. But one of the things that you've been passionate about, obviously, since the beginning is celebrating and nurturing young talent. And and I mean, to anyone watching that doesn't know this, Lloyd and I, we first met in 1996 at the Tromeo and Juliet premiere in London. I was producing a fanzine called The Wild Wild World of Troma Inc. And um, <laughs> I wrote to you for a phone interview and you said, I'm going to be in London. And this is the original question sheet for when wow. I was 18 years old, which oh. you kindly signed. It says, um, uh, James, you are traumatic, Lloyd Kaufman. Um, uh, and maybe hey. in a bit, I'll, I'll ask you some of the same questions. W- will you send it to me? Because the uh, American Heritage at the University of Oklahoma has my archives right uh, next door to Stan Lee's archives. And uh, I'll I'll send it. I, every so often, I, we put stuff in a box and send it out there. So it'd be Amazing. nice to have that. It'd be wonderful to have that. 
Oh, I'll definitely send you this. And and it was, you know, I couldn't believe uh, as a as a kind of 18-year-old that my hero was saying, yes, we could meet. I was so nervous. It was my first Aww. time interviewing someone. And that was, you know, and now that I was 18. I'm now 43. I don't think any of what I've done since I would have done were yeah. not for your kindness. Um, I, and I think the point at which my thank life, you. I will thank you, honestly. And I, I think the point at which my life changed was when I saw this, which was the trauma special of the Dark Side magazine in April 92. And this was, at this point, I had seen the Toxic Avenger. So I'd, I'd rented it from the video shop. And um, and as you know, in England, the uh, this is the artwork oh, that was right. in England. Oh, wow. Beautifully um, embossed. Amazing. And do you remember this this article and and did you realize the kind of impression it would have uh no (laughs) no not but the guy who edited that magazine uh i became very friendly with him over the i haven't seen him for probably 10 years but we were Mm. very we used to go out together and have a good time in london speaking of which i don't know if Mm. you uh were able to see the toxic avenger musical on uh, the West End when no. it played, but it uh, it was quite successful. And they took something that was spurned by uh, most of the world and made it into a lovely, funny as hell musical that an old woman and a young child could go to see. Uh, David Bryan of, of Bon Jovi. Right. Oh, look who's here. Come and say hello to James Mullinger. You, you may have met him in <laughs> London a long time ago. Uh, come as you are. It's great. This is the commissioner, my Pat, my wife, who you may have met back in uh, when we were in London. Hi. Remember? <laughs> I recognize you perfectly. It, it's lovely to see you. Virtual hugs. She uh, was, she, she, I don't go out, but she jogs uh, and uh, spends about three hours working out. Otherwise, we're in lockdown. But you mentioned, uh, yeah. the, uh, you mentioned Monty Python. Hashtag Shakespeare mm. Shitstorm is dedicated to uh, Terry Jones. And Stan Lee oh, nice. and uh, John G. Abelson, who directed Rocky and was kind of a big influence on me, as well as my, and also four and, of and them, uh, my stepmother too, Sigrun Kaufman, uh, who was uh, 30 years younger than my father and uh, took very uh, good care of him for 30 years, for 25 years that they were married. Wow. So uh, anyway, uh, Terry John Jones, G. Abelson also friend. directed Cry Uncle, of course. Yes, right. <laughs> Trauma. It's yeah, on our, John G. Yes, it's Cry on Uncle, Tro- yes. Yeah, it's on Troma now. We got to mention Troma now. Of course. Well, and, and this is the important point. I am, as you can tell, someone who's obsessed with physical media. However, the new world is the new world. Troma has been shut out by the mainstream, but you created Troma now so that fans could access all of your amazing content all of the time. And it's funny because I own all of your movies on VHS, Blu-ray, DVD, Laserdisc, you name it. Um, But when I'm on the road, I'm not allowed to carry a VHS player around with me. So Troma Now is where I go. Can you tell me a bit about how Troma has stayed with the times and evolved in this way and indeed created Troma Now and ways for fans to access your content? Well, Troma Now, uh, just for you uh, people listening, is the Troma platform. It's Netflix, but it's Troma. There's about a thousand movies, shorts, uh, music videos, Tromet collectibles, and uh, personal statements, as well as uh, five or six feature-length documentaries about the making of Troma classics uh, that we made ourselves. So it's the real truth. Uh, Poultry Guys, for example, has an hour and a half documentary called Poultry in Motion, Truth is Stranger Than Chicken, which is both hilarious Sad, funny, uh, and it, it's worth a, fi- uh, a year of um, your best film school. 
so that's what trauma now yeah, is. I loved but, it. Uh, I loved it. I, our big secret is the uh, fans. The fans make us look like we're a big corporation because they uh, they support us in every way. And you know, maybe each month I think we have a bit. We have at least a million fans who check in uh, on either my fan site or yeah. or Troma's social or my Instagram, whatever. So there's a core group deep in the underground who support each other, and uh, we wouldn't be here without. And you, you're look at you, my God, thank you. And that's why the Oscar, which you can buy, you can buy an Oscar. It's in the real world. If there is a God, he's looking down. He's saying, wait a minute, Oscar? These five movies they nominated this year is Oscar worthy? That must mean the Oscar is like bullshit. And look at this man giving James (laughs) Mullinger. His heart, his heart and soul and brain are, uh, that's better than an Oscar. They love Choma. And that's really Uh, the secret is the fans. And I think that we have... Mm-hmm. It painted ourselves into a corner, which is normally not smart, but we've skidded by. I've been able to make movies for about half a million bucks. Uh, uh, the lowest has been about 350000 So that's a small budget compared to uh, the remake of The Toxic Avenger, which is apparently $22 million. I hope I'm allowed to say that. Well, okay. Uh, you may have gotten an exclusive bit of information there. That's exclusive. That is very good to know. There's, um, and that's a very good question. Um, so the Toxic Avenger, can you tell me a bit about how you came up with the idea, how it evolved, and did you anticipate that it would resonate with so many people? And indeed, not only would people still be talking about it now, but there would be a multi-million dollar Hollywood version being made of it. Right. When the commissioner and I were first married, we used to go camping a lot. Uh, uh, like George... Uh, up uh, St. Lawrence, uh, up near, in Canada too. Mm. And we would notice there's trash everywhere. No matter where we went, no matter how far we were uh, into the woods, there was McDonald's crap and uh, God knows. And those beer tabs, they used to throw them away. When you opened a beer, uh, you right. threw them away. Uh, everywhere. And the frogs were getting uh, their feet stuck in them and fish were eating them. And, and I got interested in the environment. And that was what led to Toxic Avenger, also, we had discovered a, a vein of success with our first comedy, a raunchy comedy, 1975, I think, called Squeeze Play, which was based on the mm. women's rights uh, movement and uh, women's liberation movement. Uh, but yet it was a raunchy comedy, and it came out ahead of Porky's, uh, which was directed by a Canadian, yeah. as you know, uh, 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 the late... Uh, Bob Clark. Bob, Bob, yeah, he went to Yale also, and he studied a squeeze play. He came to our offices mm-hmm. in New York uh, before he oh, made wow. that movie, and he interviewed us, and unfortunately made a film that was 10 times better than squeeze play, and, <laughs> and that put us, that movie started to influence, I think, the major studios who started cheating and making uh, trauma movies, except they were using good scripts and good acting, so we had to, we had to stop our, uh, six, we made about six of them. Uh, which were very good. They all had political issues. They were all really interesting, and they all did well until the first turn-on, which is the funniest of them. And, yeah, I and like uh, that's the one that uh, Mr. Hers decided Madonna wasn't good enough for him. Uh, so he, <laughs> he picked a woman who, was, who later turned up in uh, with her legs spread in Cherry Magazine. Uh, thank you, Mr. Hers. But uh, uh, he, Benson- he, made, he, made the, he made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn I'll turn you gay yet, buddy. Um 
he, uh, uh, but Vincent D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio's first movie is uh, uh, yeah. first turn on. It's a hell of a funny. It's hilarious, and Michael Hers is that's it. The closest I think that's the the most Michael Hers influenced movie. We directed it together, but he was the commanding officer for sure. Mm-hmm. But the studios caught on, and we had to move elsewhere. So we decided we saw a, a Variety, uh, which is an in-house rag that the uh, a cartel uses to promote itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically a house organ mm-hmm. for uh, Sony and Comcast and uh, AT and T and Shaw Communication, whoever you know, National yeah. Film Board. But they uh, had a big headline that horror films were no longer commercial. Maybe it wasn't Variety. It may have been the other one. But Michael Hurst saw the headline, so he said, that's what we'll do. Very often when the so-called experts, the overpaid experts, say something, you do the opposite and you do pretty well. I knew nothing about horror. I mean, I'd seen Frankenstein and some classics. But uh, so then because I like satire and I want to create something that people think about a little bit, I got onto the environment. And and also I had worked on Rocky. (laughs) So uh, there's a little Iraqi there. But uh, basically, it it took a long time to figure out where I was going with that movie. And uh, we indeed, I think we got it right. The original Toxic Avenger. Citizen Toxie is also uh, very good. I think Citizen Toxie is, in fact, better than the Toxic Avenger. But most people stick with the original Toxie. Could you have imagined back then that it would still be resonating with with fans today and also with new audiences today? I swear, I think all the movies that Michael Hurst and I have made are great for mass audience. The problem is nobody Mm. knows about them. You know, we haven't really had uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And also, uh, John G. Abelson told me that I shouldn't even try to do something out uh, in the the mainstream because uh, I had a, a reputation for uh, fighting, whatever. And he was a fighter. So, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I think you need to get in that world somehow. The gatekeepers are just, uh, and now it's worse because when I started making movies, there were maybe 30 American traumas going, you know, AIP and Dimension. And there were, there were tons of these little studios that were making, most of them were making garbage. AIP did very good stuff. They discovered, uh, they produced Roger Corman, who, who was a buddy of, uh, of ours mm. and a big influence on me and a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's basically the issue where uh, the environment, comedy, satire, and trying to uh, just make something that's entertaining, but yet slightly didactic. And uh, when Toxic Avenger came out, of course, not one theater would play it. And there, were, there wasn't even VHS in those days when it first came out. Mm. Then we played it at one theater. We got a, a theater in Greenwich Village, New York, and uh, the, uh, it was uh, called the Bleecker Street Cinema. And the lady who owned it, uh, who mm. was, uh, uh, I met her on uh, when I hung around the Warhol studio, Jackie Raynal, and she booked mm-hmm. it. She understood Toxic Avenger was a satire. It wasn't a horror movie. It was a Cuisinart of genres, mm. satire, slapstick, slasher, mm. political, uh, social, you know, all these things, action, all mixed together. And a hideously deformed creature of superhuman oh, size and strength. And she booked it. And it was supposed to be uh, one a weekend. And it went for almost a year. In fact, the day it opened, there was a line. Mm-hmm. The public knew it. The public figured it out without right. even a... Uh, there we got lucky because the lead critic for the New York Times, uh, Vincent Canby, chose that movie to review on a Friday which is the big reviewing day, instead of reviewing the mainstream uh, baby food, he 
for some reason in 1983 or four or five, chose Toxic Avenger and gave it a really good review. And from then we got uh, uh, 2,000 screams. So uh, the lesson is that the uh, people in the movie industry, or the gatekeepers, they are gutless. They're chicken. They're chicken. But I think, uh, you know, yeah. after the bus hits me and uh, my own head is crushed by the wheel of a vehicle, uh, I think the Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High, Sergeant Kapuki Man, NYPD, Romeo and Juliet, uh, they will uh, keep going. Even now we're getting theatrical uh, bookings from uh, the small number of independent yeah. theaters who love movies. You know, there aren't many of them. I mean, when we showed Return to Newcomb High 2 here in St. John, there was more people in that room than there is in any cinema screening that I've seen uh, <laughs> since I've lived here. So as wow, you say, I mean, you. the fans do come out. I mean, I think, no, well, thank you. And I think a, a huge part of it is what people don't realize is that people love Truman movies because of the heart and the passion and the warmth in them. And do you not think that part of what brings out that passion and warmth in yourself and the crew is the fact that you are working with less budget? So you're forced to put more effort in, so to speak, because of the lack of budget. I think you're right. Well, also, when I was at Yale, I happened to be placed in a, a very small bedroom with a movie nut. And he ran the Yale Film Society. In the office of the Yale Film Society was a stack of a cahier de cinema. And being a, a, a proud member of the bourgeoisie class, I uh, speak fluent French. And uh, so I started reading them. And I, I came across articles by Godard and uh, Chabrol and Tavernier, who I interviewed for one of my books. And they propounded the auteur theory of, of cinema, which is that the director should be the author of the film and should the film should reflect the heart and soul and brain of the director. And I bought into that, I took acid one night and bought into it and decided I would stay in New York and devote my life to the underground cinema. Oh. Thank you, LSD. For well, thank my God life. you did because... <laughs> well, you're a good guy. You're a very good well, guy. I would like to thank LSD. Um, and I think what's interesting <laughs> is that people, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but there is definitely evidence that the industry has deliberately pushed you out. And you mentioned variety and all of these things. And a perfect example of this, and the evidence I have, is that not many people know that you, Lloyd Kaufman and Troma, were the people who brought my neighbor Totoro to America. And when you did so, the reviews for it were terrible and racist and comparing it to Disney negatively. And it was only later that it was then held up as one of the greatest animated films of all time. How did you discover the film? And how did you feel about that kind of injustice of the fact that you brought it to America and North America, but never got the credit for it? It gets worse, actually. We lost a lot of money on that movie because we made 35 prints and we had to distribute it theatrically and spend a lot of money. We did get a good VHS distribution deal from Fox, but the real profit comes from the television because mm -hmm. you have to spend money on all the other mediums. TV, you only give them a master. And uh, right. Disney, after Totoro came out and did okay, although we still didn't have a profit, uh, <laughs> Disney put out a, a, a press release announcing they had bought the entire library of Gilby, 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 whatever it is, of Hayao Miyazaki's yeah. uh, studio. And they used yeah. the My Neighbor Totoro ad, the little cat thing, 
in the press releases. So every newspaper announced it with the Totoro thing. So when it came time for us to go to, uh, oh to try to syndicate it for television, uh, all we got were rejections because everybody said, oh, no, you, Disney has this film. You don't have. And our contract only had another year to run. So we were we were screwed and we, we didn't right. have enough money. If we would have sued Disney, we couldn't really. It was impossible to sue them, really. Mm-hmm. We wrote them a lawyer's letter that, to which they didn't respond. And uh, it would have taken five or six years and we would have gotten nowhere. So another slap in the face. But that, that it, it really was a very bad setback. Yeah, I agree. And here it is how many years later, some young guy, uh, that's not a Chinese dish, some young guy at Variety discovered uh, this and put it in an article. Or was it Variety? I don't know. Somebody uh, begrudgingly probably, uh, or maybe some of the young people at these uh, mainstream firms are fans of trauma. And uh, like you, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he or she, it may have been a woman. I apologize if, it's, if that was a woman who wrote the article. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's uh, LBGTX <laughs> with a question mark. If any of you wrote it, I apologize. And I thank you very much for uh, being a fan. And the truth will out. In fact, uh, hashtag truth and, and, and love. Mm-hmm. Hashtag truth and love uh, for young people. Uh, I think that's where it's all at. And uh I think that's enough to get you through life, quite frankly. I agree. Um, and so, I mean, you've been through these challenges. You've 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 seen highs and lows. Um, but obviously, right now, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm, very exciting for fans. How can people watch it, and when can they watch it, and what is the plan during a global pandemic for getting the film to the people? Well, right now, it's uh, uh, not making the festival circuit, having been turned down by uh, almost all of the uh, first, uh, film festivals. Uh, very proud, of course. No, no, that's a joke. It has been turned down. But uh, Fan- Fan- Fantasia in uh, Montreal. Montreal, Fantasia, yeah. Fantasia uh, did a great uh, uh, opening there. And uh, like you, they had a huge response. Uh, it was online, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a huge response. And from there, some of the other festivals have caught on. And uh, so uh, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm is going through the festivals and um, we we don't know it'll it'll there'll be about two hundred uh, theaters in which if I direct a movie they'll play it for maybe a week maybe a weekend maybe one day one mm-hmm. night but uh, we make our movies for the big screen as you know and there's lots of detail that you will mm-hmm. see on the big screen that you won't see uh, I have a lot of what we call shtick and going on in the background uh, sometimes to the chagrin of the lead actors in the movie <laughs> because I spend more time on the goofy stuff in the background <laughs> than on their performance uh, so I uh, we Michael and I prefer you know we want to please those who wish to uh, enjoy the communal experience of a of a theatrical motion picture so uh, we'll try to get it into as many theaters as possible and then have a big premiere uh, uh, on uh, Troma Now and Blu-ray. And uh, that's way in the distance. We also have a little problem. (laughs) We have another little problem with the, uh, how do you say it? Uh, Money. Money. I want that money. (laughs) As Cyril Mostel says in the producers, I want that money. The producers is uh, Michael Hurst and my... uh, Anthem movie, the producers, that's our anthem. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the, the, the important thing with you paying attention to all of those details is, of course, that it means that the fans like myself want to watch the movies over and over and over again. And, of course, you know, in theory, we should be paying for every view, which is why when I get a Troma movie, I buy it 50 times on every different <laughs> format oh. so that I'm paying for every time I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's uh, probably why we're still here. I had no idea. <laughs> I was wondering who that was. <laughs> um, and it's lovely to hear that it was a Canadian film festival that got hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm out there. Um, indeed, indeed. And I cannot cannot wait to see it. Um, obviously, right now, I realize that the world is on hold. Um, but uh, <sighs> what, what are your, your plans for next steps? Um, you know, I'm hoping that this isn't your sponsor, <clears throat> that you do have another film uh, in mind. And uh, uh, clearly, you're open to ideas from everywhere. Do you have any ideas now, or you're just waiting uh, to see what comes uh, along? You see, I'm blowing my nose, James. That's how real I am. You, see how re- you don't see Oliver Stone, who I discovered. Uh, uh, Oliver Stone, he doesn't blow his nose on TV, right? Martin Scorsese. Lloyd Kaufman blows his nose right on uh, on the big time uh, podcast by James Mullins. Uh, Oliver plans- Stone blew it. He, 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 Oliver Stone blew his nose a lot in the eighties to get all the coke uh, out. He inhaled though. It was more like it did it the other way. Yeah, you're right. It was more the uh, other way. But he started with me. Uh, and many right, people, yeah. I can go on forever. Samuel L. Jackson, Fergie, the late Paul Walker was in uh, Monster in the Closet as one of the little kids. Uh, you can't imagine all the oh, famous wow. people that have uh, been birthed by uh, Trauma Bill. Uh, our plans for the future yeah. is that uh, I've come across a wonderful director named Mercedes the Muse, and I produced her film called Divide and Conquer, which is finishing up. It's a uh, feminist movie for the uh, uh, 21st century. Uh, not exactly. It doesn't make me look too good in it, but uh, uh, people like me. But uh, it's something for the fans. They'll get it. And and um, it's terrific. She's very talented. Then we have, and of course, Brandon's movie. Uh, I'm hoping that the, we can get yeah. uh, Slashing the Final Beginning into some theaters before we go to uh, Blu-ray. Uh, and then uh, what else? We got another movie I produced, uh, uh, Mutant Blast. Mutant Blast, which um, I only produced it. It's um, uh, Fernando Ale directed. Uh, it's a, a Portuguese language movie. And the Portuguese government gave us, uh, doubled our budget, knowing it was a trauma movie. Wow. I, def- I defy the United States government to top that. <laughs> Hey, give a squat. Other yeah. than I, other than a lot of taxes. Thank you, Portugal. Thank you, yeah, Portugal. Yeah, Portugal. <laughs> Not only that, but mutant blast. <laughs> uh, this guy Fernando Ale will be up there with James Gunn. No question about it. Uh, he worked on uh, Return to Newcom High and Return to Return to Newcom High, which are now on Showman now. Uh, oh, wow. But he came over to the United States to work on Return to Newcom High on his own dime. Paid his ticket. Slept on the floor. Uh, learned how to defecate in a paper bag, and after that sent a script over that he said uh, was uh, I would like, and I did. And I gave him a few notes, most of which he rejected, and uh, we made the movie. And it's a mutant blast. Try to check it out. It's on, uh, it is on Troma now, and I think we're organizing the Blu-ray. Our problem, again, is uh, we don't really have enough of this stuff. And by the way, I noticed that Disney laid off about 100,000 people uh, and so did most of the uh, phone companies who own the movie studios. Uh, we we uh, we we paid everybody throughout all this, except for Michael Hers and Lloyd Kaufman. All our we again we have under we have about <laughs> we have about ten uh, full time employees, and they're all chained to radiators. But uh, they've all been paid. We haven't uh, we haven't put anybody on furlough or anything. It's amazing. Yeah, you appreciate it, but you'd think and and you'd think New York City, where I've dwelled for fifty years. 
We own two buildings here. We pay our real estate taxes. We pay payroll taxes. We pay uh, income taxes. We, you know, I don't know. I've written seven books, uh, whatever. They, nothing. Uh, the Museum of Moving Image, Museum of Modern Art have, have celebrated us, but uh, nothing from New York Times, nothing from the local media, nothing. Not even the little shitty uh, local no. uh, Warner Brothers channel, New York One, it's called, you know. Unless you're um, well, that's why you know what we should bring. What we should bring back is uh, uh, I think I have one here. I mean, I have I have thousands upon thousands of uh, of trauma collectibles, but I think it's time that we brought back the trauma times wow. because this is where people get their media. <laughs> well, uh, I I remember when your Variety fired uh, Variety fired one of their longtime reporters who I met back in the 70s, a great guy, because he gave a bad review to uh, a Paramount uh, movie. They fired him. And I wrote a letter, open letter, saying, why don't Variety just uh, become a house, you know, just admit that they're a house organ like the Troma Times is for Troma. (laughs) But uh, no response, of course. And the it's only true. time, I mean, over the years, <clears throat> the only time I've, uh, my name has been in one of the trade magazines in the past 30 or 40 years is because of something bad. When I was chairman of the American film, uh, uh, no, no, sorry, the uh, International Film and Television Alliance, I was chairman, which runs the American film market, which is the trade association for the world film, for the, at least for the American film industry although about half the members are European and Asian, um, the, uh, uh, they, they did, a, uh, uh, they did a, a series at a movie theater with uh, a dozen, you know, a monthly show of a, or a weekly, maybe it was weekly, a weekly screen. I can't remember. It was a screening of a great uh, independent movie by an independent IFTA member, and they showed The Toxic Avenger. Deadline.com, that was the gist of the article, you know, conflict of interest, the conflict of interest, Lloyd Kaufman's movie, he's a chairman and they're showing his movie. That's the only time I've gotten any attention from them. Unless I shoot That's myself on- Crazy, uh, crazy. You know, yeah, unless I blow my fucking brains out, they, and they, heaven- uh, ignore us. <laughs> we don't exist. It's like Russia. It's like Russia. They take away your passport. You don't exist, except thanks to uh, you and our fans. Yeah. Uh, we do exist. That night that we met, it was, of course, the premiere of Tromeo and Juliet. You and James Gunn have, have stayed friends. You, of course, made a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy, which was, again, a joy to see you up on that big screen. How do you feel about seeing someone who you knew had that talent before anyone else did grow into being so kind of like globally well-known? It's terrific. It, it makes it all worthwhile, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't enjoy these books and I don't make much money off them, but a lot of filmmakers have read them and been inspired by the fact, well, I, I can do this. Yeah, we can make our own damn movie. Well, Michael Hers and I, once we got established, we really wanted to kind of raise the profile of the idea of do-it-yourself movies uh, because we've never, you know, all my life I've been against uh, big business. And the way, you know, and, uh, and, and it's only getting worse. It gets worse. And, and now Biden, there might be a breath of air, you know, and they were actually Trump's gang was going to get rid of it. The free, open and diverse Internet where you and Walt Disney and Troma all are uh, have the same amount of power if we have something the public wants to see. 
they want to get rid of that because of the obvious reasons. They want to be able to to the ISPs want to slow down your content and and uh, rate and speed speed the content of Universal, uh, which they Universal Pictures, which they own. Uh, and and uh, Biden's not going to let that happen, yeah. I don't think. So uh, things may there may be a little air coming into the system. Who knows? But uh, in any event, uh, I think uh, the Definitely. world. I think in my lifetime, uh, born in 1945, I, I I think I'm an optimist in a pessimistic world. You know, I think I'm. I think I see the glasses half full, or maybe maybe fifty-one uh, percent uh, full, <laughs> rather than you know a little more full than empty. So the, I think the world is a better place than it was. But it. But in terms of the media. Uh, it's awful. Uh, we're we're not much different from uh, Russia or China in terms of what the public uh, is fed, and our schools suck. We've destroyed in my lifetime. The American school system is absolute. Unless you're rich, you are not going to get a good. Mm. Well, I, you never say never, but very few people in this country get a good education, and we hard we don't even have health care. Right. Except for old people, they, we're mm. very happy to help hey. the old people, right? Let the old people. Uh, well, no, let me not say mm-hmm. that. Uh, <laughs> but the point is, the old people get the shots first. The old people get the health care. The old people, blah blah. What about all these young people who don't even? They can't even read and write. Half of them, it's awful. And and half of them are are, are obese. Think about the uh, cost. And everybody, nobody does anything it's about it. Fast food, eat the chicken, eat the thing, eat this, eat that, eat the crap, eat the steroids, right? Frogs with three heads. Uh, they had a baby with three penises born the other day. Uh, that, I kind of like that idea. But, um, you know, the point is we're really... There's a movie idea. Well, <laughs> you know, Gerda, Gerda, the little girl who's running around the, uh, who should get a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, yeah. You know, she had about 10 minutes. Yeah. Where... We should all be worshiping her and backing her, and uh, you know we ought to, yeah. you know, Black Lives Matter, and we ought to have another hundred thousand join them, because the children of the world. Oh my mm. God, I've got two grand monsters, and they're, I, I really, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we live, uh, we have a house in Manhattan, about a block from the river. <laughs> when our kids inherit it, they'll have a nice <laughs> swimming pool in the basement, <laughs> a free swimming pool. <laughs> Maybe even a few fish. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little it's kind of depressing. Well, I think your company, uh, your country, it is is a lot, your country is way advanced. I think, uh, and uh, you know, I think it's got a lot more sensitivity to the human condition than uh, does uh, the United States mm. of America. I'm sad to say. Well, I agree. And it has. I mean, I feel like Canada has has more uh, than England, and it's partly why I left England. Was England was becoming this kind of slightly kind of hate filled place, and I wanted to come to yeah. a place that has the optimism that you describe. And uh, I I can't thank you enough. You know, I can't thank you enough for your services to filmmaking, to your services to uh, children like myself that didn't have any. I had, as a child, I had, I had no friends. I, I wasn't academic. I wasn't athletic. Um, I was just this, this kind of, I had nothing to live for, frankly. And then I discovered trauma movies and uh, it changed my, my life. And meeting you changed my life. And I can't oh, thank you enough well, thank you. for well, thank you, uh, giving me everything. Uh, Lloyd, I salute you. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. And I, it really touches me. And you are not the first. Uh, mm. When I was on my book tour, 
for uh, uh, my first book. Uh, that's the only, actually, a number of times I was on book tour, and some kid would stand up and say, uh, uh, "Troma's Troma's War." I remember one kid, and Troma's War saved my life. Uh, he said, "A kid mm-hmm. and I, and my friend and I were being bullied at school. We saw Troma's War, and uh, we we uh, it gave us the strength to keep going. And I will do anything for Troma." <laughs> So later on, uh, uh, if yeah. you see Citizen Toxie, if you see Citizen Toxie, there's a scene in the Playboy magazine in uh, whatever that guy who ran Playboy in his uh, grotto, uh, yeah. and the kid is—it's uh, yeah. one of the very first uh, penises shown on screen in a in an American movie, and that very suicidal boy wow. uh, did that, and uh, it meant so much to him. Uh, so, um, any mm-hmm. young men who want to show me their penises, bring in. Oh no, don't say that. I'll get canceled once again. That happened to James. Oh, <laughs> no, no, don't. don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get you get into serious trouble. But uh, you know, the point is, yeah. uh, it, it, it's a, it's a family. The trauma thing is a family. Uh, you know, as I say, we have a small yeah. cult following, but uh, they call me Uncle Lloydy. Which I prefer because uh, yeah. basically I'm grandfather Lloyd, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Keep doing what you do, Lloyd, and uh, keep inspiring us. And uh, the second I'm allowed to get on a plane, uh, I will be in New York on the set of a trauma film, hopefully flashing my penis because it would. Be- <laughs> <laughs> well, I need I need a one of a kind script. Thank you, and um, uh, you are a great psychiatrist. Uh, thank. I feel so much better. And uh, let's, uh, if there were more questions, I'm sorry to, to end this, but let's uh, do it again. Let's do it. This, next time I'll interview you because I would love to know your childhood and did you read books and did they take you to the theater and all that kind of stuff. So uh, let's continue. Let's uh, continue. We will. Thank you, Lloyd. All righty, James. Thank you for listening to Mullinger Meets Canadians. If you like greatness, creativity, being inspired, laughing, or just love Canada as much as I do, then this is the podcast for you. So please do subscribe and review the show now. Be sure to follow Lloyd on Twitter at Lloyd Kaufman and Instagram at Uncle Lloyd Kaufman. Follow Troma on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And to see my Troma collection, follow my secret Instagram account devoted to Troma at Tromaville Citizen. And go to TromaDirect.com to order Blu-rays, posters, T-shirts and subscribe to their streaming network, watch.troma.com. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time. Podstarter. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.